And we're going to expose the devil tonight. How's that sound? Amen. We're going to expose the devil and demons. Ah, you don't hear a lot about it in a lot of churches, you know, so we got to, we got to know, we got to know. Amen. We can't be ignorant of his devices. Amen. Mark 1, 21. And it says, then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he, Jesus, entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. There's a difference when you operate in authority. Amen? Amen? They noticed it. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. This is in church, people. This is in church. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, say authority, Authority. he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Now tonight, I want to talk about the deliverance ministry in a deeper way. We've been, in the last uh, healing services, we've been talking about, you know, more so about physical healing, touched on deliverance on the first one, but the Holy Ghost said tonight we're talking about deliverance more, amen? Because it's so needed, amen? Specifically, I want to talk about how demons enter a person. What are the open doorways that allow them into a person's life to put them into bondage in the first first place? So most demons, let's start here. Most demons that people have in their life uh, got in before they became born again. All right? So most people who have demons, people think this is a rare thing. It's not a rare thing, people. Okay, this is not a rare thing. So most of the time, they enter in before they were become born again, before they became a Christian. But not always, because you can even open doors as a Christian, okay? Listen, can a Christian have a demon and need to be, that needs to be cast out of them? All right, that's the question. The, the answer to that is, is yes. They can. A Christian can have a demon that needs to be cast out of them. All right? I remember when I first got saved, the Lord started talking to me and, and leading me to uh, buy deliverance books and all of this. And, and I kept, you know, everyone said, oh, a Christian can't have a demon. A so every time I would ask a minister, they would be like, you know, just give me a vague answer and just sidestep it. Why? Because it is controversial in churches. It's controversial in the body of Christ, all right? So here's what you got to know. That we are a spirit being, we possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. Now, demons cannot be in the spirit of a Christian because that's where the Holy Spirit lives, in your spirit man, all right? But demons can, in fact... Be in your soul, mind, will, and emotions, and in your physical body. There are some sicknesses, some diseases that are a direct cause of a demon spirit being present. All right? So don't, here's the the thing too. So many Christians get caught up on the word game. All right? 
you know, possessed. Oh, possessed. Can a Christian be possessed? No, no. Possessed is a horrible word to use. All right. Possessed, because when you hear the word possessed, you think of being owned by the devil. Right. I mean, right. Possessed. It sounds weird. You think of uh, the movie The Exorcist uh, with the head spinning around and, and puking, uh, you know, pea soup. Right. No, the, mo- the better word to use is the word demonized or here's what it is to be under the influence of a demon in a specific area of your life. Okay, that, that's what you got to understand. Demons are not controlling people. People are giving into the influence of demons in a specific area of their life. Right? There's some people who are in bondage to homosexuality, right? There's some people who are in bondage to pornography. I mean, so there's certain areas in a person's life where a demon, where you open the door to them, and that's where your bondage is. Right? You're, you're not, when, you're, when you have a demon, you're not walking around like a zombie. Are you following me? You're not a zombie. You have a free will, right? The best they can try to do is influence you. And a person gives in to their influence, okay? So here's another thing, all right? You got to know. Demons do not leave a person automatically when they got born again, all right? They must be cast out. They must be cast out. And, and this is why so many Christians are living in bondage. Because they think, oh, I made Jesus Lord of my life. I don't have the demon problem. That's why there's so many in bondage. All right? And if they let, listen to this. If they left immediately when you got born again, <laughs> Paul, or I'm sorry, Philip in Samaria, it said that he was getting people saved and casting out demons. Now, why didn't he just get them saved? And that would have been the end of it. No, he got people saved and cast out demons. Because deliverance is the children's bread. Deliverance is primarily a benefit for the Christian, not the unbeliever. What if you cast a demon out of an unbeliever, it's just going to come right back. Are you following me? Why? Because they're a child of the devil. See, this is the, the game that Satan plays to keep Christians in bondage. Oh, a Christian can't have a demon. You'll hear people say from the pulpit. And here they got people sitting, you know, wanting to commit suicide and mental illness. And, and their, their life is a wreck. But they love Jesus. Are you following me? It doesn't make sense. this one. But listen, doesn't it make sense now why you can still love Jesus and you have a bondage in your life? Right. It's demonic. Right. There is a demonic. If there, I'm telling you, oh, we're getting deep here now. Hallelujah. So Jesus made it clear that deliverance, freedom from demons, is the children's bread or a benefit for the believer, okay? Having demons, listen, having demons is like having mice in your home. You own your home, but you still have mice in it that need to be kicked out. Are you following me? They're intruders. They're squatters. They need to be kicked out, amen? They're going to stay there as long as you're going to let them. They need to be cast out. All right? So the spirit realm operates on what we call in the deliverance ministry legal rights. Say legal rights. There must be a legal right or an opening for a demon spirit to enter a person's life and to have access to their life. All right? Uh, Demons or evil spirits, uh, they cannot do anything 
or have access to a person, place, or thing unless a human has given them access to it. I said a person, place, or thing. Haunted houses are real, by the way. Once in a while, we'll get a call and say, things are moving around in my home and I ain't doing it. Can you come over and pray over my home? We've done that. Like the movie Ghostbusters, but the Jesus version of it. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. That, that's the Hollywood version over there, but you know. But now there is one exception that I'm, I'm going to talk about in a little bit. When I get there, I'll let you know. But the best the kingdom of darkness can do, like I said, is try to influence a human to cooperate with them, to give them access into their life, into their family line, or like I talked about on Sunday, those under the authority of that person. Oh, man. If you haven't listened to that message, go to livingwaterschapel.org. It was, it was a good one that people need to hear. But the reason for this, like I said, is that God gave us humans authority on this earth. That's why a demon, Jesus said when a demon leaves a person, they're always looking to try to get back to that person because it's their, they call it their house. They call it their, can you believe that? Why are we letting demons hang out in our house? Come on, somebody. See, we got to know some things here. The body of Christ is an absolute mess because no one is bold enough and want to take persecution for a message like this. You think, I'm going to get persecution for this. You know that? Right? It's because <laughs> the devil doesn't like it, so he's going to stir up a whole bunch of junk. Amen? Oh, but this region, get ready. Something's coming here. Anytime, listen to this. Anytime a move of God is coming to a region, deliverance is on the front line. Anytime a revival and outpouring is coming, deliverance, God raises up deliverance ministries to cast out demons. Come on. All right. So, so every demon or evil spirit, they have a function, say function, and they are named according to their function. All right. Like a spirit of fear, spirit of lust, spirit of rejection, spirit of confusion, whatever it is. They're, they have a function, all right? You've got to understand this. The kingdom of darkness is very organized. It's very organized, okay? They do. They, they have, they, there's ranks, all right? Just like the kingdom of God has it, right? The kingdom of darkness has ranks and in, in all these things. So permission is required for a demon to invade a person, place, or thing. Um, how about talking about things? Demons can be attached to a thing, maybe a, a statue or something like that. You know what the Bible calls that? An accursed thing. Someone can actually have something in their home, a Ouija board, something like that, something where demons are attached to it, and it can be an opening, a doorway, an entry point into your home, into your family, all right? See, this is real stuff here. All right. So, um, so in connection to people, demons can dwell in the soul. All right. They will attack your mind and they will attack your emotions. And like I said, they will attack your physical body. And like I said, some, uh, sicknesses and diseases and mental illnesses are direct from a demon being present. Um, now you need to know this demons and the devil, the kingdom of darkness, they cannot create anything. 
You understand that? Listen, they do not create anything. All they can do is take what God created and they can twist it. They can pervert it. They can afflict it. They twist it from the original purpose that God created it for. Are you following me? Follow me here now. Some people, some people, let's just talk about this. Some people argue that mental illness is just a chemical imbalance, right? But who do you think is attacking the body to offset that chemical? Come on, somebody. Amen. It just doesn't happen. Why? Because everything on this earth is spiritual. There's a spiritual root to everything on this earth. Because this whole earth and us, we were created when God spoke. From the spirit realm. Everything has a spiritual root to it, all right? So, you know, you know, when someone's organ is failing, I mean, listen, there there is an opening there somewhere. There is a devil getting a hold of a of, of a person's body and organs. All right? Now, some say, well, you're thinking that there's a devil behind every bush. No, no, no. I think there's three behind every bush. And here's why. The problem is the body of Christ has been thinking there's no demon behind all the bushes. All right? And that's why this body of Christ is a mess. I'd rather be overboard against the kingdom of darkness than let them have a field day. One minister once said, if you don't know how to pray for someone, when in doubt, cast it out. When in doubt, cast it out. Amen? So my point, so, you know, some people, they get all doped up with medication to try to bring correction to the body. But then guess what? It creates 10 other side effects. Do you think that's God's best? The devil is just fine with that. Sure, go ahead, take it for that pain in there, and boom, something else hits. Ten other things. Come on, we we got to raise our expectation. Now, what? I'm not saying you're going to hell if you take medicine. And by the way, you need your doctor to tell you to get off your medicine. By the way, I'm not telling you get off your medicine. But what I'm saying is, why can't we raise our standards a little bit higher? Why? You know what I'm saying? Why can't we believe God for more instead of leaning on a crutch of something? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just saying, where's our faith? Amen? Amen. Let's believe God for more in our life is all I'm saying. So um, Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. If, If there's anything happening in your life where there's stealing, killing, and destroying something, the enemy's fingerprints are all over it. All right. God created humans with everything we need as far as our organs, our body, but the enemy comes along and tries to destroy the original purpose of God. All right? So here, let's talk about curses a little bit. You want to talk about curses? Listen to this. A curse is not a created thing. Let me say it again. Oh, it's getting quiet in this church over A curse is not a created thing from God. It is a perversion or an attack from the kingdom of darkness. Listen, Deuteronomy 28 talks about blessings and curses. Anybody read that before here? Anybody read it? How about you out there in TV land? Okay. Deuteronomy 28 talks about blessings and curses. Blessings for obeying God, curses for disobeying God. So curses, listen to this, curses come from an opening opening the door to the enemy in our life by giving them a legal right to enter our life. 
And they will try to take advantage of your lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge of what your benefits in, uh, in Christ are. The enemy is called a thief for a reason. He doesn't play fair. He's a thief. Say the devil's a thief. All right. So now God said in, and he's still saying it in Hosea 4, 6, he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, there's a lack of knowledge in two, two points. A lack of knowledge on knowing what the benefits in Christ are. The devil will take advantage of that, right? And the other thing is of what not to get into in your life or to allow into your life. I, I, I can't believe how many ignorant Christians there are that are letting things in that are clearly demonic. Come on, somebody. And then they wonder why they're getting attacked or their children are getting attacked, right? So we got to know some things. We should, like I said earlier, we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices or his schemes. But they are clueless and unknowingly opening a door to the devil. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you don't know that it's bad. Come on. Yeah, but Pastor James, I didn't know that was bad. It doesn't matter. The devil knew. The devil knew. The devil knew. And he took advantage of it. So we need to have some knowledge and discernment, right, of what these open doors are and how to close them. So I want to talk tonight uh, about several openings or doorways that demons can enter a person's life. Obviously, we'd be here all night if I, if you know, this is kind of the uh, abbreviated version of these things. So if you have your Bibles still, uh, I don't know why you would have gotten rid of it. Uh, go to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Hallelujah. The first thing, the first thing I want to talk about are generational curses. Generational curses are real, especially a family background in the occult and false religions. Man, oh man, this is going to be huge. Exodus 23 through 6. It says this, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not, not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, I, the Lord, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, listen to this, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, God was revealing a spiritual life. Isn't God good? He, he's revealed everything in his word. There should be no reason why we're letting the enemy in. Amen? He revealed it all in this book. So God is revealing a spiritual law. God says, hating him or exalting anyone or anything else above him, which is idolatry, would release generational curses upon a family line. All right? So now, some theologians, some theologians, I just want to mention this, have said where it says that God will visit the iniquity of the third and fourth generation. Some theologians have said that in the original language of that, that's like, that he's saying that's a minimum. That's a minimum that it's, it's going to continue until that thing's broken. All right? I don't know. I don't want to try it. Amen? <laughs> Come on, somebody. But it also says 
that he will show mercy to thousands who love him and keep his commands. So, so God revealed here that there are generational blessings and there are generational curses, all right? So now here, let's talk a little bit about the curse thing again. A curse is the result of the absence of a blessing. A curse is not a created thing. Now, I know you, most of you probably haven't thought about this, all right? But a curse is the result of the absence of the blessing. Just like darkness is not a created thing. What's darkness? It's the absence of light. When the blessing of God is pulled away, the only thing left in that vacuum is a curse. Are you following me? Just like, what's a good example? Uh, Taking the Bible and prayer out of the public schools. They pull God out. There's an opening. Who do you think is going to come in? There's only two kingdoms in the spirit realm. That's why our schools are a mess. That's why we're putting litter boxes for furries, people who identify as cats. Is this nuts? What? Really? What is going on here? So just like darkness is not a created thing, it's simply the absence of light. It's interesting that the Word of God says that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. And Satan, that His kingdom is called the what? Kingdom of darkness. Oh my. All right. By the way, tomorrow I'm going to be preaching on a little bit more of that for whoever comes tomorrow. But um, the Word of God says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He's masquerading. He is not light. Come on, somebody. He is not light. He is darkness, but he masquerades as it. Now, I mentioned this on Wednesday night, but I want to say it again. In other words, he might bring something into your life that looks good, that looks spiritual, but eventually it will, the mask will come off. Come on, somebody. And it will reveal the fruit of darkness. Right? You get a bad feeling about someone? Just sit back and watch them for a while. Just sit back and watch them. Eventually the fruit will come out. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching right there. Amen. So we prove, listen to this, we prove our love to God by our obedience in what we think, say, and do. Jesus said it this way. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Did he say that? Right? So when we walk in in disobedience, God views, listen to this, God views disobedience as hating him. Oh my, my, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. How many times do we see people who are living in sin, who are just running with the devil, and they say, well, you know, God's fine with it. God views disobedience to him as hating him because you didn't make him a priority in, in, in your life. Now, he is a jealous God. God is jealous. Amen? It said it in the Word. But, you know, the, the jealousy that God has is a positive one. It's a godly jealousy that protects the relationship. Come on, somebody. Now, there is a destructive jealousy in relationships. Are you following me? But not when it's trying to protect a relationship. And that's what God is trying to... That's why God is jealous, right? We're in covenant with Him, right? In fact, James, the book of James says when we step out and walk in disobedience, he calls us adulterers and adulteresses. I mean, because it looks like we're stepping out of our marriage covenant with God. This is serious stuff here. Amen? 
So, um, so God says if we disobey him, it opens up the door to the kingdom of darkness, not only in our life, but it can affect future generations. So it's not just about you. It's about future generations even. Now, so generational curses in a family line can include these. Um, rejection, witchcraft and occultism, abnormal fears, uh, the curse of Freemasonry. Oh, come on, somebody. Freemasonry. All right. Sexual lust, cultural problems or racism. By the way, racism is evil, by the way. Right? It's absolutely evil. Racism is wrong. In the kingdom of God, we are all the same. Amen? It can manifest itself in addictions, mental problems, sickness and disease, rebellion and anger, murder and tragedy. What one comes to your mind about that? One family. Come on, somebody. The Kennedys. That is an example of a generational curse on a family line in a grand scale. And you, when you look back in the family line, some of the things that they were involved with in prohibition and, and, I mean, it just opened the floodgates to hell in that family line. And they have suffered. I mean, there is some. Just do your research. That's all I'm going to say. It's pretty bad. All right. So generational curses. The next opening to demons is negative prenatal influences in the womb. A father or a mother that rejects the child in the womb opens the child up to demons in the womb. All right? This is because the parents are the, are the spiritual authority over that child. All right? A child isn't responsible for themselves until they hit the age of accountability where they can make their own decisions. What age is that? God knows. I don't know. God knows that age. All right? The age of accountability. But until then, the parent is the authority or the spiritual gateway or the protector over that child. The parent is responsible for what kingdom they allow into their child's life. All right? Unwanted pregnancies. A mother or a father can resent a child and view them as a hindrance. I'll tell you, one of the biggest things in deliverance ministry is this. Someone who says, my parents said I shouldn't, should have never been born. And they suffer with rejection their whole life until they get help with it. This is a huge opening. All right? Um, so those negative emotions and words are all doorways to the demonic uh, to enter and torment a child. All right? So yes, children obviously can have demons. All right? Um, next opening. Pressures in early childhood. Children uh, that are raised in homes with instability, uh, an unloving atmosphere, a godless atmosphere are all opportunities for demons to get in and fill that child with depression. Come on, fear, hate, rejection, suicidal thoughts. All these things open them up. Uh, an alcoholic parent is a huge opening for the devil to attack. All right? By the way, stay, just stay away from alcohol. It's poison. It does nothing for you. It kills your organs. Why would we do this as Christians, right? Just stay away from it. Hello, somebody. That's good pastoral advice right there. Amen. That's a good place to say amen, everybody. Come on. All right. Now, music, movies, video games, being exposed to pornography, 
many demonic issues in a person have a childhood root. All right? They have a childhood root. So when we take a person through emotional healing and deliverance, guess where we start? All the way. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Well, you know, dad, he was a pushover. Mom, she was the tough one. Eh, you know, dad was an alcoholic. He didn't care much about us. All these things. So, in the, so as we're writing this stuff down, the Holy Spirit's downloading in us all of these different spirits that got a hold of that individual because of childhood junk. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, the childhood thing is huge. Next one that's an opening. Emotional shock or continued emotional pressure, like a PTSD thing, all right? A person that has been through a very traumatic situation can be a target and an opening to demons. Uh, Someone who's been raped, sexual assault, molestation, uh, car accident, being in a war, all of these kind of a, a kind of things can affect a person and be a, an opening for the enemy. Now, the, or the death of a loved one um, with an unnatural prolonged grief can be a demonic bondage too, you know, where the devil can kind of twist it and pervert that. Um, any kind of trauma can be a doorway, all right? Uh, this is the one exception that I want to tell you about. Uh, all the other things, the person, you open the door to the enemy. But here's the exception I want to talk to you about. Uh, people who have been raped, molested, and all that stuff, had something happen to them, can get demons from what happened to them. But, Pastor, that's not fair. I know. I know. It's not fair. But it's an opening. And the devil takes advantage of it, Okay. Um, that's why Jesus called the devil a thief. Okay. What can I say? Um, they'll try to take advantage of any opening. Here's the deal. The thing with trauma is that it weakens a person emotionally so much that the person lets their guard down and it creates an entry point in a trauma. Listen, it's a perfect time for when a person has been abused by someone else sexually or whatever. It's a perfect time for the spirit of fear, bitterness, unforgiveness to come in. And that, and then, so, so then it creates this nest that demons love to hang out in emotionally in that person. I hate that person. I want to see them dead. I can't believe, you you see where I'm going? That root of bitterness and the devils hang out in that. That's why when we minister deliverance or when you see me ministering emotionally to people, I, you know, someone says they've been raped or whatever. I I focus on that memory. If you're, let me give you a hint. If you're going to minister to people emotionally, find out what memories impacted them the most in their life. Are you following me? Come on, do I have any deliverance minister wannabes in here? Find out what memories hindered them the most because that's where the demonic is. That's where the demonic torment is in their life. All right? That's where it is. You got to go there. And many people don't want to go there because it's too painful. But we, we have a little term, a little phrase that says this, go to the point of the pain. Because that's where the demons are that need to come out. That's where you need to get healed. All right? All right. 
Many times people that have been through severe trauma, they can function, uh, but their, um, they can function, but their soul, their mind and the emotions. Here's what happened when they've been through a traumatic experience that memory kind of branches off because like I said, it's too painful for them to go there. All right. Now, a lot of these people who do that, um, they're very motivated people, very driven because they're always trying to prove something and they don't want to go to that pain. So they're always doing something to keep busy, not to go to that pain. Are you following me? Have you ever heard of DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder? Kind of like a split personality thing. This is a real thing. When someone's been through a trauma, it's like a part of them branches off. And that's why occasionally you will see someone, when someone says something, or maybe it's a smell of someone who attacked them, or something, it triggers them. Say trigger. It triggers those negative emotions. And this person becomes different. And have you ever seen someone shift because you're like, Are you the same person? What's going on here? Have you ever seen someone like that? That's what's going on. It was a triggering point for that emotional bondage and pain that they, that branched off from the core part of who they are. Oh man, I know it's deep. It's deep, but it's, it's true. It's true. That's why emotional healing is so important. When emotional healing comes, that part of the person can integrate with the core person of who God created them to be. All right? Healing brings wholeness. Now, you can see now the phrase, a broken heart, kind of takes on a different meaning. Now that you know a little bit more of what's going on, it's literally broken. Broken. A piece of them separated because of that trauma they went through. Are you following me? You broke my heart in pieces. Literally. All right? So many times, emotional healing will even manifest a physical healing in the person's body because your emotions are very closely connected with your physical body. In fact, one of the things, if someone's having major physical things going on, like chronic, I want to dig into the emotions a little bit. Are you following me? Let's try to find out what's going on emotionally. Let's try to bring some healing emotionally that's going to affect the outward shell. Amen? Amen. So, here you go. You must reveal to heal. All right? The Word of God is very clear about that. Go to James chapter 5. I want to show you something. James chapter 5. Are you getting anything out of this? Okay. So, when you minister deliverance to someone, start off with some emotional inner healing. Because I guarantee you, Those demons aren't going anywhere until you bring some closure to their emotions. Amen? Amen? You get them to the point of forgiving someone. You get them to the, oh, come on, it's got to happen. Always deal first with the emotional aspect. Casting out the demon is the easy part. The more lengthy part is dealing with bringing healing to their emotions. James 5.13, look at this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Here it is. Confess your trespasses. King James says false. 
Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or person avails much. All right? Now, the King James, I like the King James better because it says false, okay? Confess means to agree with or to say the same thing as. You will not be healed until you agree there's a problem in your life. Do you know that? you got to agree there is a problem. There's a problem emotionally. There's a problem. You have to agree, number one, that there is a problem, okay? Many Christians, they, they walk around denying the emotional and physical bondage, and they will never get healed. I see it all the time, all right? I've been in deliverance ministry for 23 years, um, and it's, it's just crazy. People, The people who come to you for deliverance, who are ready for deliverance, they want to deal with their junk. Amen. You got to be ready to deal with the junk. You know? yeah. And people that come in, they're like, well, can I bring such and such? And I, I always tell them this. I'm like, if you can spill your junk with them in there, sure. If you can't, nope. Amen. Because guess what? We're all wasting our time then. Right. We're wasting our time. Amen. You better come into that office and ready to spill. Come on, somebody. You better open up or else, or else I don't even want to meet with pers- a person. Right. We're wasting our time. Amen? Amen? So when you bring it to light in connection with prayer with another Christian, healing can begin to manifest in your life. All right? The devil wants you to keep it, keep it in darkness. He wants to keep you living in guilt. He wants to keep you living in shame and emotional pain. Okay? So he wants you just to kind of be a loner and off to yourself and you think you're doing okay, but your life is a mess because you're not dealing with the junk in the trunk. Come on, somebody. All right. So you've got to deal with it. Um, The kingdom of darkness knows the moment that you confess and invite the Holy Spirit into that pain, that bondage, those terrible memories, Healing can manifest. I can't tell you how many times we've ministered um, emotional healing to someone who they they were so afraid to go to that memory because of what happened. And they just couldn't do it. But eventually they did. And they were a mess. Because a lot of times when people go to that emotional pain, we have them close their eyes. And it's almost like they're in that situation again. It's it, what you're doing is you're trying to pull the scab off because it didn't heal properly. Are you following me? Right. It didn't heal properly. So you get them to the point of the pain, and that's when we speak scripture into that memory. We command the demonic to come out of that memory. I can't tell you how many times people come back and say, I can actually think about that situation now without the pain. It's, I mean, just a freedom takes hold. There's something special about confessing something to another believer. Amen? Oh, I love it. Okay, next. As I carry on, I'm almost done here. The next opening is sinful actions or habits. Obviously, this, this is obvious. Sin or disobedience to God is an opening to demons, right? Um, but here's what I want to touch on. Many Christians will say this. They'll say, yeah, but it's only the flesh. You ever hear Christians say that? Oh, it's not demonic. It's the flesh. Right, But you have to remember that demons tempt people or operate through with their function through the flesh, through fleshly desires. So don't bring this, oh, it's the flesh, not a demon. Wrong. The flesh and demons work together. Amen? 
Oh, why everyone's trying to push this thing up. Why can't people just agree? Yes, demons are attacking me. I want to be set free. Quit making excuses for it. Amen. We want to see you set free. So the reason it's called the works of the flesh is because you are cooperating through your fleshly desires with the demonic. Okay? In other words, it took your free will to cooperate with them. The devil cannot make you do anything. All The best they can hope for is put a temptation, a compulsion to do something, and they hope you yield to them and give in to it. That's why God says, I'm not calling it the works of the devil. I'm calling it the works of the flesh because it's on you. You're giving into it. Are you following me? All right. So, like I said, they can't force you to do anything. Um, The reason, now listen to this. The reason some people with demons look like they're being controlled, you know, like the demoniac. Remember the demoniac? He was at the tombs, right? And he was barking. He was naked, barking like a dog, right? Cutting himself. All right. Now it looked like he was obviously controlled, right? Or that one where it said the child, the father said, my child will often try to throw himself in the fire. Are you following me? Here's what's going on. These individuals are individuals that look like they're being a puppet, just on a puppet string for demons, is that they are so emotionally beat down. They're so emotionally beat down that their guards, their will is so beat down. Their will is so weak that they allow the demon to function through them like a puppet. But it's still the person allowing it to come forth. Are you following me? Now, when a person manifests a demon or cries or screams out, that person is, is willingly allowing that to come up. You know, some in services, you know, sometimes you have someone... You're talking about demons and all of a sudden the demons get all stirred up and someone's like, ah, you know, they just start just freaking out, right? It becomes overwhelming because the demons are getting scared, but it still takes that person to give in to that compulsion to do that. Are you following me? All right. So, um, yeah, so there needs to be a little cooperation. That's why when I'm ministering deliverance with someone, I always say, all right, now anytime during this deliverance session, if you feel the need to to cry, you feel the need to scream, you feel like you want to call me every word in the book, let it come forth because that's the demonic on the inside of you getting stirred up. Let the manifestation come forth so so they can be exposed and we can get it out and deal with it. Are you following me? So it still takes your cooperation, all right? All right. So, it, and it depends on the level of demonization of a person, all right? Uh, some are more demonized than others. And certain demonic spirits are more violent than others. I mean, uh, you know, a, a, a spirit of fear is going to manifest differently than a spirit of murder or rage. Or Are you following me? Yeah. So, it dep- there's some things. Oh, yeah, we, we have fun with deliverance, I'm telling you right now. So, I mean, there's so many dynamics involved in deliverance ministry, and it's amazing. It's great. Jesus did this so much of his earthly ministry. Why isn't it happening today? Where did it go? Because I'll tell you right now, there's no shortage of demons on this earth. There's no shortage of evil. When someone starts dressing up like a cat and taking a crap in a litter box in a school, are you hearing me? 
There's no shortage of demons. But deliverance went down. The demonic still rises. In, in the church is just like, we don't want to touch that. That's the problem. That's why this is a mess around here. Are you following me? My goodness. Next one. Laying on of hands and evil rituals are an opening. Now, for everything that God has, the kingdom of darkness has an evil counterfeit. Are you following me? Satan said when he got kicked out, he said, I will be like the most high God. Right? So he's a, he has a counterfeit. For everything the kingdom of God has, there is a counterfeit in the kingdom of darkness. Demons can be transferred through wit- rituals from false religions like Satanism, the occult, Freemasonry, witchcraft. i just seen, there was an article, the Church of Satan is charging people 10 bucks to be unbaptized. There, I'm telling you, there is a counterfeit for everything that God has. All right? So, uh, d- demons can be transferred through these kind of things. Uh, just as the Holy Spirit... And spiritual impartation from the kingdom of God can happen. The, tr- the same is true in the kingdom of darkness, all right? But here's what I want to tell you. Don't get paranoid about the laying on of hands things. Shaking hands with a person or someone running into you or touching you, you're not going to get demons, okay? And by the way, you're not going to get demons doing deliverance on a person. Amen. Oh, I don't want to be in that service because what if one leaves one and they jump? Just stop. Just uh, these are all fear tactics from the devil. Okay, you see, he's trying to stop us from doing this thing. Amen? So, but in a religious sense, in a service or something like that, have discernment. I've met people that have gotten hands laid upon them. And after someone laid hands on them, there's like a mysterious sickness and diseases that attack them. There's like like a transference of a spirit of infirmity. All right? Um, so... I, in talking to those people, uh, they they willingly let that person do that, but they ha- all, listen to this one common thread. You ready for this? They all had a check in their spirit that something wasn't right before they let them do it. My point is this: the Holy Spirit will give you discernment. You just got to be in tune with Him, and you need to obey Him. Amen. All right. So. Um, you know, if someone wants to lay hands on you and you don't feel comfortable, just tell them no. You know, whatever. Here we go. The next one. This is a biggie now, all right? And we'll get you out of here shortly. About uh, 45 minutes. No. Um, okay. Yeah. We're at, you didn't know this is a slumber party. This is, this is a lock-in, by the way. You didn't know that? I'm sorry they didn't tell you. All right, here we go. The next opening. Are you ready for this? Soul ties. Oh, this is a big one. Oh, yeah, he's, he knows. It's a big one. Listen to this. This is one that many people in the body of Christ don't even think about much. A soul tie is a spiritual and emotional connection with a person, a place, or a thing that has a negative or a positive influence on a person. It's a connection. So, in this service, I'm talking and dealing with the negative influence on a person, all right? A soul tie, then, is exactly that. You feel a very strong tie or connection to something or someone. 
And because of this tie, because of this connection spiritually and emotionally, here's what happens. Ready for this? It creates a pipeline spiritually. It creates a spiritual pipeline where you give access to demons and spiritual junk of that person, place, or thing. All right? Here's a big one. Sexual contact with a person creates a soul tie. You literally can get what we call in deliverance spiritual aids. Everything that person had gets transferred to you. You would, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the stories that happen. I've heard people who've had sex with people and, and they come for deliverance and say, I didn't even realize that. I just found out that that girl I had sex with, she was a witch. And ever since I did that, boom, it just, it just my life has been a living hell. Guess why? You created a pipeline between you and her. Everything she had spiritually, you got. All right? Now, spiritual and emotional connections are stronger than a physical connection. Someone needs to hear this right now. Spiritual and emotional connections are stronger than a physical connection. Now, what's proof of that? I got one thing to say. Social media. Social media, all right? Um, An evil or ungodly soul tie. People are creating soul ties all the time on social media. Are you you hearing me? That you ever hear someone who, you know, they met someone online and boom, they're married in a week. Right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. All right. (laughs) But here's the thing. An evil or ungodly soul tie will cause you to think about that person, place, or thing all the time. It turns into a bondage, a stronghold in your thought life. It becomes an idol in your life. Are you following me? So so when an evil or ungodly soul tie is formed, here's what happens. It puts a confusion and a bondage in your thought life because of this. Because it is attracting the kingdom of darkness. Because now you're on the idolatry side of things. Now you're crossed the line into the kingdom of darkness. All right? So this is why some people stay in, in abuse situations. All right? They stay in horrible relationships. Have you ever known someone like that? They, they stay, it's like they're getting beat to a pulp all the time and they're running back to this person. There's a soul tie there. That needs to be broken. It's a soul tie that needs to be broken. It needs to be severed. Emotional healing needs to be ministered. And demons you gave access to need to be cast out. Are you following me? All right. And the last thing I'm talking about here are spoken words are an opening to the demonic. Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power or the authority of the tongue. I just preached on this, so all the living waters people, sorry, you're, gonna, you're hearing a little recap here. Your words either give access to the kingdom of God or to the kingdom of darkness. When demons attack your thought life, like I said, they have one mission, that you're gonna, they're going to influence you, that you're going to meditate on that thought, all right? And you speak words that line up with that evil thought. And then eventually you're going to act on it. Think, speak, and act. 
That's all. That's that's what the enemy is trying to get us to do. All right. And spoken words give access or permission to demons because they need that a human on earth in an earth suit in a physical body. Right. You need they need someone, a human to give them permission to invade and access into the earth and natural realm. Are you following me? Is that clear as mud? Okay, good. Um, Here's the last thing. Spoken words sign and cancel contracts in the spirit realm. Spoken words sign and cancel spiritual contracts in the spirit realm. On the spiritual dark side, that's what people in witchcraft and the occult do by casting spells, hexes, vexes. They're speaking it. They're speaking it and they're doing weird rituals, right? But on the spiritual bright side, the kingdom of God, that's what prayer is. That's what speaking a positive confession from the word of God does. You can see how, again, Satan takes what a, a spiritual law and he twists it and people are using it for evil instead of for the kingdom of God, all right? So spoken words can absolutely open the door to demons. So be careful what you are allowing out of your mouth. The book of James says this. It says that your tongue, spoken words, can defile the whole body. It can defile the whole body. You can open yourself up to uh, spiritual darkness and demons. Defile means to make unclean. And it's interesting that the Word of God in some places refer to demons as what? Unclean spirits. So you can defile your body. In other words, you can give place to the devil. The Bible says, don't give place to the devil. That word place in the original, you want to know what it means? Place. <laughs> it means a actual location. Now listen to me. When you're ministering deliverance, someone has an infirmity, there can be demons lodged in, in, in certain areas of the human body. Do not give place to the... Once you find out there's a devil there, get rid of it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, so don't ever be ashamed to seek emotional healing and deliverance. Like I said, deliverance is the children's bread. It is your blessing, benefit, and right as a born-again child of God. So let's not allow Satan and demons to steal from us anymore. Amen? Let's rise up and let's live the abundant life that Jesus gave us. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe you're the one, you're listening to this and you're like, Wow, my life is a mess. I sure like to be in the family of God. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to come forward after the service here, and I want to pray with you to become born again. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've been, you're born again, but man, you have fallen far behind. Man, you just you feel like if I died right now, I don't even know if I'd go to heaven. That's too big of a gamble. I want you. To come up, and I want to pray with you to rededicate your life to the Lord this mo- uh, tonight, <laughs> this morning, tonight. But maybe there's someone in here you never received the Holy Spirit baptism. All right, you need the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said, "You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you." All right, you need Him. All right, look at all the evil we're facing on this earth. We need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost baptism, come on up tonight and I want to pray with you before you leave. Um, and if you want prayer for anything else, maybe you didn't come up earlier and, and you want prayer or, or you just want some deeper prayer and talk with us, come on up. But everyone, thank you so much for coming tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. But here's the thing. Stop being afraid of the devil. Amen.
stuff. You've got to know your authority. We have all power to trample all over that sucker. Come on, somebody. Amen? So now here's the other thing. I want you to tell us about the praise reports that come forth. I know praise reports are coming forth. You can't be in that big of an, uh, that powerful of anointing up here and nothing happen. Amen? All right, everyone, go to church tomorrow. Go to church. If you don't have one, join us at 10 a.m. here. But if you have another one, go there until the next time. God bless you all. Have a great night, everyone. Amen.